Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. I like football movies. Now, we already know that I like football, but I like football movies. And one of my favorite football movies, I'm embarrassed to say, is Necessary Roughness. You may have seen this one. Scott Bakula plays a 30-plus-year-old quarterback. Hector Elizondo plays the coach. Uh, Straight Arrow Gennaro. The uh, college has just won the national championship, but they found out they were cheating. So they have stripped the college of all scholarships. They have to put a, a, a Division I team on the field with no scholarships and only from members of the student body. Um, Robert Loggia plays the defensive coach. Sinbad anchors the defense. And in the middle of the movie, Kathy Ireland, the model, shows up to be their place kicker. There's a, about a half an hour, 40 minutes of the movie of them picking misfits out of the college campus to play and practice, and they get to their first game. And uh, straight arrow Gennaro sends in the first play, and the first play is Brown right 22. Brown right 22. Hut, hut, everybody misses their assignment, and the quarterback is sacked. They look in the huddle, and they look over, and the coach says, send in the same play. They all line up again, and the quarterback goes, Brown right 22, Brown right 22, hut, hut. They only lose two yards on this play. They're battered, they're bruised, they're frustrated. You know, it never goes the way in a performance that it does when you're in practice. And they're, they're in the huddle together, and the quarterback looks over, and the coach says, Send it in again. Brown right, 22. And the players grumble. One player says, I think they're looking for that one. And the quarterback says, well, they haven't seen it yet. Finally, the quarterback takes control. He says, okay. Calmly, he gives the new play. Straight up, he says, pass blocking. You are going to the hair. You're going there. You're going there. Featherstone, the fastest guy they have, runs for the end zone. The quarterback drops back, throws a long pass. The announcer says he has a rocket for an arm. The ball lands right into Featherstone's hands, who bobbles it and bobbles it and bobbles it and drops it. Huddles make good entertainment, but they're not the game. I want you to hear that. Huddles make good entertainment, but they're not the game. In fact, have you ever noticed when you watch the NFL, you don't get to know what's going on in the huddle? The other team has to stay a certain distance behind the ball. They're not allowed to know. There are microphones going between the quarterback and the coach, but we never get to know what's in the huddle. Why? Well, a huddle is private. It's intimate. It's personal. It's filled with potential. And we don't know what goes on. Now, there are many TV commercials with football players in the huddle, and they discuss car insurance, KFC chicken, 
engagement rings. They give relationship advice to one another. Who knows what goes in the huddle? We're not supposed to know. Because the huddle is not the game. One of the big scandals in football a few years back, and the Eagles were involved on the the sad side of this, was Helmet Gate. You may remember that Bill Belichick and the Patriots had gotten the frequency to the other team's helmets, and they were listening in to the plays that were being sent in. Raise your hand if you remember Helmet Gate. Now, it didn't come out until after the Super Bowl, and people thought that they should perhaps strip them of the Super Bowl and give it to the Eagles. (laughs) It didn't happen that way. Now, what happens today in the Scripture is we get a glimpse of a spiritual huddle. If you were listening when Danny read the Scripture, Easter night is when this takes place. The players, oh, I mean, the disciples, are all in a huddle. Oh, I mean, a locked room, trying to figure out what the next play is. They're frustrated. They're angry. They're sad. They're depressed. They're anxious. They're hopeless. And they're doubtful of the outcome. Jesus, the quarterback, arrives miraculously through a locked door, and what does he say? Peace be with you. The same way in all those football movies, somebody has to come in and take control. Jesus takes control. He says, peace be with you. And calmness enters the huddle. What's he really saying? It's all going to be okay. We trained for this. We practiced for this. You know what to do. They needed to see Jesus, and he came to them. We're going to talk more about that later. Well, Thomas wasn't there. Why? Because not every player is in every huddle. There's a defensive huddle. There's an offensive huddle. There's players running in and out of the huddle all the time. Thomas wasn't there. And I I think this is theologically amusing. They have stopped, and people have wondered, well, where was he? Now, my dad would remind me that if it's not in there, you don't need to know. He would say, son, stop asking questions that aren't in the Bible. If it's in there, you need to know it. If it's not in there, you don't. But one of the theories is that he was out actually doing ministry. That he was still feeding the poor, still ministering to the sick. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. We don't know that. That's just one person's guess. Some people need to mourn alone. The disciples were in a locked room and we know that they were mourning and they were trying to figure out what was going on. Maybe Thomas needed time for himself. You need to step away and mourn alone. Maybe he said, you know what? The soldiers are looking for large groups. I don't want to be in a large group. I think I'm going to hide alone. Right? When you're playing hide and seek, you don't hide in a group. Everybody gets their own spot. Maybe he was trying to solve the mystery. Remember, Mary thought that a gardener had taken the body and moved it. Maybe he was out trying to figure out where was the body of Jesus. 
Maybe he was running an errand. Or maybe your guess is as good as mine. Thomas missed the first huddle. In the second huddle, Thomas is present, but Jesus is not. The calmness is gone. The frustration is back. The anxiety is back. All of those negative emotions are back. And the key player is missing. And the key motivation is missing. And our poor friend Thomas, who I believe is a metaphor for each and every one of us, is lost and feels like he's losing the game. It's not the end of the story. You have three downs before you have to punt. There's a third huddle. And Jesus finds Thomas at his point of need. I want you to hear this. We're Baptists, and we believe, and I believe, that you need to make a personal decision for Jesus Christ. But if you go looking for Jesus, he's hard to find. Why? Because Jesus comes looking for you. Jesus knew that Thomas needed to see him. And what did he do? He came to Thomas. Jesus finds you at your point of need. Jesus completes the hope in Thomas's doubt. Thomas wants it to be true. And listen, did you hear the timing here? The first huddle was on Easter Sunday night. The second one was sometime after. That's frustrating. I need more information than that, but that's all we get sometime after. And then eight days after that was the third huddle. Thomas had to wait, wait over a week, maybe as long as two weeks. But Jesus came and found him. Thomas is... Thomas is the missionary to India. That's, I don't know how I made that jump. Let me go back. Oh, Jesus completes the hope in Thomas' doubt. Jesus completes our hope. He sends us out from the huddle. Now, if you've ever watched those TV, uh, television movies about football... Or even if you've watched the game, there comes a moment where all the players stand up, they clap their hands once, and they say, break. Kara wins the prize. Break. What does that mean? That means we're going back into the game. Thomas goes back into the game, and we're told that he becomes the missionary to India. There are churches planted in India today that trace their lineage to Thomas. We're also told that Thomas uh, shared the gospel and converted, uh, I believe it was the daughter of a Maharaja, and was killed for that. He was stabbed with a spear. Jesus comes not to keep us in a huddle, but to propel us into action. The huddle is not the game. I want you to hear this. Worship is not our commission. Now, we are called to worship, and we need to gather to worship, but we need to think of worship as more of the huddle, and what goes on outside of worship is the commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
If you're taking notes, these are the three lessons I want us to take home from the story of Doubting Thomas. The first one is this. Wanting to believe and being unable to believe, that would be doubt, is not bad. You shouldn't frown at the doubters. Why? Because we believe, I believe, that there is an ounce of hope in the middle of that doubt. Wanting to believe and being unable is not a bad thing. That's why we have the Holy Spirit who pulls us inextricably to himself. Like I said in the children's sermon, doubt is the front porch we all go through before we get to the house of faith. There comes a moment when we have to put our foot through that doubt to find Jesus. Now, when I say find Jesus, this is my second point. Jesus actually finds us. How does he find us? He finds us through his word. He finds us through a touch. He finds us through a family member or a friend. He finds us through a song or a prayer. He finds us through that feeling, like John Wesley said, when his heart was strangely warmed. He finds us through the miracles. He finds us through a realization that we are hopeless and helpless without him. Jesus finds us at our point of need. All of these things require us to stand in for Jesus. We share the word. We share the touch. We are members of families that need to hear Jesus. We are friends. We are singers. We are prayers. We are witnesses to the miraculous. We need to bring people, where? Back into the huddle so they could meet Jesus. The huddle is not the game. We have to leave the huddle and play the game. We are to become Jesus to other people. And the last thing is this. (laughs) Hear this with all the love I have in my heart. It ain't over. Ah, till the fat lady sings. Or until the checkered flag. Or until the last whistle. Or to the final point. Or the end of the period. Or the buzzer. We're in a huddle and we're going to go out. And we're going to try to play one more time. Brown right 22, Jesus says, go into all the world. The huddle is not the game, and we play the game until Jesus calls us home. Amen.